Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. We're uh, so happy that you're joining us again as we uh, come together to talk about all sorts of things uh, Catholic. My name is Father Daniele, and I am joined, as always, by Josh Sullivan over here and Matt Van Milligan on my right. Matt, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Josh, okay? Yeah, I was just about to take a drink before you introduced me, so I was like, oh, you know, one of those. You always have to be prepared on the Catholic Buzz. Jumping, yeah, we're good. Yeah, you always have to be prepared for the unexpected, right? And this is such a great segue, Matt. You're going to love it because I think many people found Pope Francis's <laughs> motu proprio this past summer of 2021 unexpected. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about uh, the motu Latin propo. mass, right? Yeah. We're talking about Pope Francis's motu proprio, which means a, a statement on, uh, on <laughs> this matter that he's talking about. And uh, in particular for those, because we're going to try and take this episode a little slowly, because some people might say, why are they talking about the Latin Mass? Isn't that something from uh, before Vatican II? Is, you know, we, so we're going to take it a little slowly here and explain, because a lot of people were sort of miffed that Pope Francis uh, made sort of restrictions on the Latin Mass. Um, and then just a few weeks ago in December of 2021, um, more sort yeah. of follow-ups to that motu proprio clarifications were made, right? Yeah, and people yeah. are probably saying, "What is he even talking about right I, now?" I the right? motu proprio, motu proprio, proprio, proprio. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to explain it. No, no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I was just making so, fun so of it. <laughs> basically, what we're going to talk about today, in case people are saying, "What the heck is that guy talking about?" is we're talking about the liturgy. Yeah. So when we when you come to mass. We celebrate uh, in one way. You go to you go to a Catholic church, uh, you know, where I'm the pastor, and you go to one down the street, and you go to one in the next town. You'll pretty much see a similar liturgy, right, with my minor variances. But the church has prescribed a certain way to celebrate the liturgy, to celebrate the Eucharist. Now, this is the mass that we celebrate today is commonly referred to as the ordinary form. Yeah which means it's the ordinary way where we celebrate Mass. Like I said, you yeah. go to anywhere in the world, for the most part, yeah. you're going to see the Mass like you celebrate at home. When we were in Montreal, the whole Mass, we brought a bunch of boys to Montreal this summer, and um, we were all sitting there, and it was all done in French. Now, some of the boys might have understood French and stuff, but a lot did not. And so because we're there at Mass, we could still understand what was going on. We might not understand the readings and stuff, but we knew exactly when the time of consecration was. We knew exactly when the readings were, the psalm, all that kind of stuff. Like, the Mass is the Mass is the Mass in any language. It's kind of a cool thing to kind of be able to attend any part of the world and have the same readings being said, the same, you know, the, the, the Eucharist, Jesus is still being consecrated there. Right. You know? So that's the ordinary form. That is. Then we have what's called the extraordinary form, mm -hmm. which is uh, what ma what many people refer to as the Latin Mass. Yeah. And, and not just celebrating Mass in Latin, like yeah. not just celebrating like we would on Sunday, uh, but in the in that Latin language. But we're talking about the Latin Mass, uh, how it was celebrated prior to the liturgical changes of Vatican II yeah. in 1962. I hope I'm trying to be as clear as possible, yeah, yeah. right, as what we're talking about today. And then... Um, even though Vatican II made some some uh, changes and, and, and said that the ordinary way for us to celebrate Mass is going to look more like what we're used to, yeah. there are still priests and communities in the world that celebrate regularly the extraordinary form, which mm -hmm. is the Mass 
in Latin the Mass prior to the changes of Vatican II. All of a sudden, and I shouldn't say all of a sudden, Matt, I know you're going to give us some history <laughs> and context here, but in July, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, July of 2021, Pope Francis issued restrictions on the extraordinary form in, in, a, in a document that he released and saying that um, it can only be celebrated at certain times for certain people. And anyways, we're, that's with, what with we're getting at the permission of the bishops. And, and, yeah. the, and, the, and the question we're trying to ask is, why? Why all the fuss yeah. here? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I'm, I'm interested in it because, you know, I'm, I'm inclined to kind of geek out about liturgy a little bit. But, sure. Um, and I think the, the distinction that you made is really important that Latin isn't the issue. That it's, right. That it's not yeah. as though this, the, the language is the problem. We, we could um, have an ordinary form in Latin. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just like we could have it in French or English or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so exactly. that's not a problem. Yeah, so the, the sort of surprising part of this is that it's the, the actual restrictions placed on the Latin Mass are a revocation of permissions that were granted uh, 12, 12, 13 years ago. 2007. Yeah, so maybe By, the most uh, Pope Benedict. And um, so almost like a reversal. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that in itself is a bit surprising because yes. we've, we've talked in previous episodes about, well, like if the teaching of the church is, you know, the same, that it's, there's, there's continuity there. There's, mm -hmm. um, um, that it, it seems kind of counterintuitive that, you know, permissions were granted at this time and they're being revoked now. Um, and, you know, not again, not to, to completely geek out about the history, but the, the context is important. Um, so, um, when, uh, Pope Benedict granted, um, you know, universal faculty, faculties to any priest, um, and I believe 2000, 2008, um, in a document called uh, Summorum Pontificum, um, he said, you know, um, there uh, is a kind of growing interest in the Latin Mass, um, and it is, uh, it is a beautiful expression of our liturgy, and it's in continuity, and it's participating in the history and tradition of the Church. Mm -hmm. So it's like, in itself, um, you know, it, it, is, it is a valid and true expression of, of our liturgy. There's growing interest, um, but there, at the same time, there was maybe a growing separation. Yeah. That some people who were strong advocates of the Latin Mass were also kind of against um, some of the changes that came about as a result of Vatican II. Oh. Um, so the initial aim of uh, Pope Benedict's um, uh, uh, allowance is that this is a way to bring everybody together. Gotcha. The, 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 the goal here is unity. Um, and yeah. in terms of objective, that's, that's admirable. Um, uh, but in, in, in practice, in outcome, uh, it didn't necessarily happen that way. Um, and there are, there have been, um, kind of communities that have, you know, um, self-identified as, you know, Latin mass communities right. that have been kind of maybe growing in their, their disenfranchisement, their, um, you know, dissatisfaction with the current, uh, the current Pope. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. Because that already existed, right? Let's just say um, that <laughs> uh, people who regularly attend the extraordinary form of the mass uh, would have taken issue with Pope Francis on many other things yeah. too, and and people who don't go to the extraordinary mass. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it, really, in this age of social media and stuff, it's very easy to criticize uh, the Pope and, and his decisions and what he says and what he doesn't say. Right. That's right. I so think that's this a part. also was so a group of people who are already 
sort of not happy with the pontiff. And now he comes and makes further restrictions on the mass that they love to celebrate. Yes, and that's and, and I think maybe a, one of the mistakes that happens in in discussions about this is is treating um, you know fans or uh, people who are uh, proponents or really really uh, prefer the Latin Mass as kind of one homogenous group. That's okay, right. yeah. So yes. like, and and that's 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 the real problem here. So you do have this kind of growing you know sectarian um, you know group of people who are you know moving more and more away from you would say kind of the magisterial structure of the church because they um in some cases uh have real issue with some of the um the liturgies that have come out of um the vatican ii documents because you know uh sacrosanctum <laughs> concilium yeah. doesn't actually give you know a, a liturgy it gives kind of guidelines, guidelines. for the, the direction of liturgy and interestingly um uh even when pope paul the sixth um kind of issued the new order of the mass or the um you know the, the ordinary of the mass following the the vatican II guidelines those were published in latin right were, so like yeah, right. It, it's not an issue with you know um latin itself but uh with a lot of the things that were packaged with various interpretations yeah. of the Let, vatican II. okay so just just so that i can wrap my head around yeah. it. so the timeline that we have here we had the mass before yeah. uh which was we, we would refer to as the latin mass now yeah. let's say then we had Vatican II. Vatican II came in. We ta- we did an episode on Vatican II yeah. or, or a couple. Two parts. Two parts. Um, and we talked about how like they really wanted to bring faith back to the people, back to the laity, back to that. And so they did a couple things like they changed the language from Latin into English or the form of the people where you're celebrating, which was the English and everything else, right? So that was the Vatican II. Um, liturgical changes. Liturgical changes or one of the big stuff. Then from there... We move 30, 40, 50 years late, 40 years later, 60, almost 60 years later. Okay. Uh, but, but, but when Pope Benedict, Pope Benedict said his hit, like allowed it to happen, there had already been 40 to 50 years ish, uh, of this change. Cause he saw that people weren't, there was a, a section of people that weren't quite celebrating or weren't quite happy with some of the changes that were made. Then a couple of years later, they cracked down on exactly how we celebrate in 2011. I think people might remember. There's not a lot of changes that happened, but those are, that are involved. In when the new Roman this, Missal came out. That's okay, right. Yeah, I see. The English translation. Yes. They kind of cracked down exactly w- what the wording was. A better things, translation to the original yeah. Latin. That's right. Yeah. But in English. But in English. Yes. Uh, and then from there, we moved to now. No. Pope just said, okay, I'm going to put some restrictions on. The, like we opened up the Latin door after Vatican II. Uh, we're opening up the Latin, the, and again, I'm saying Latin Mass, but it's not Latin. It's the Mass previous to Vatican II, right? The extraordinary uh, form. The extraordinary form. So we open up the extraordinary form, and now we're going to close, not close the door, because he hasn't closed yeah. the door, but he's restricted the door to very specific things. Now, what you're saying makes sense, because if if we're worried about a sect of people falling away from the teachings of the church, what he's done is allowed it only to be celebrated under the guidance of the bishop, correct? Like under yeah. the permission of the bishop and so if the bishop says oh yeah you've got the right idea you've got the yeah. right reasons to celebrate then yes but if it's like you're going to become your own little sect then the bishop can say oh no i don't like this this yeah. is not quite right yeah and i think that's a really important distinction that that the um the opening of the document actually goes to some length to um identify itself in continuity with uh what what pope benedict published um to say that you know um, the aim of uh, Pope Benedict allowing this is unity, 
um, is like and you know uh, an attempt to bring traditional Catholics back into the fold. And in some cases, again, we can't treat you know proponents of the Latin Mass as one kind of um, monolithic group. Right. No, no, right. of course. Um, but to say that in in uh, for those groups who were breaking away, yeah, that hasn't really improved. Um, so, and, and it's not just a matter of, okay, no more Latin mass. It's saying, no, if you're celebrating the Latin mass, you have to do so in a way that, um, falls into the magisterial structure of the church. So yeah, you need so, permission by your bishop. Yes. I was going to say what, yeah. what are, so we're talking about restrictions. <clears throat> Some of the restrictions here is that it's the bishop's exclusive competency, uh, to authorize the use of the mass celebrated, um, prior to Vatican II. Uh, using the 1962 Roman Missal, so that's so now. Uh, whereas Pope Benedict in 2007 gave priests sort of an open door policy: yeah. you can celebrate this Mass wherever and, mm -hmm. and however you would like. Now Pope Francis is saying no. The bishop has the competency to say who celebrates this Mass in his diocese. So gotcha. you need the permission of your bishop yeah. to celebrate that Mass. That's that's number one. Uh, then some of the other restrictions are that the bishop has to determine that those groups or parishes who are celebrating the Mass of the Extraordinary Form aren't doing so because they're denying Vatican II, the validity yeah. <laughs> of Vatican II, exactly. the authority of Vatican II, right? So he has to sort of make sure that that community is, yeah. is celebrating Mass, mm -hmm. uh, but not sort of, you know, ignoring or uh, setting aside what Vatican II has said, right? It's also set out uh, that priests, okay, priests who were ordained. So after the date of this issue of, of Pope Francis Motu Proprio, July 16th of 2021, anyone ordained after that date has to seek permission from the bishop who has to seek it from the Vatican for this priest to celebrate mass with the extraordinary form. Anyone ordained after that day, right? So those are, those are um, some the restrictions yeah. uh, that that Pope Francis mentioned in his motu proprio. My question is, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to sound like a sort of a simpleton here, but why? Like, yeah. uh, like, why bother? You have a group of people who are celebrating Mass. It is a legitimate Mass. Yeah. The Eucharist is, is consecrated. You have the faithful that are attending, um, you know, and, and I'm picturing... You know, the Latin Mass. I, I must say that I've only attended one Mass in the Extraordinary Form in my entire life. Um, you know, there are people who love uh, the expression, the liturgy, mm -hmm. um, and they're doing it out of a faithfulness of their heart, yeah. you know. So my question is, why, why, why upset them? Yeah. Why um, shake, shake that cage, rattle that cage? Intent. What is the intent to celebrate that Mass? If your intent was, because I think that would be what I would say that would sum up. If your intent was to celebrate that Mass because you love the style of Mass. Now, I've, 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 I've celebrated, I've been able to participate in a Mass that was being celebrated that way um, about three or four times now. And I, I do really like it. Um, it's, it's, it's a cool reverence. It brings me back into the Mass after having, if I attended Mass all the time and everything else. Some parts of the Mass just stand out so much more to me when I went to that. It's kind of because there's a little tweak, a little change, and you go, oh, oh, that's, that's like, look at what they're doing right now. It, to me, it brought reverence to a certain part of the Mass that I might not have recognized before or whatever, um, but just having celebrated a little different. But what was the intent? My, like, for me, it was, this is the way that this, uh, I was at, one was for a baptism, one was for an ordination, 
um, this is the way that this was ha- being done. And it was a great experience for me to, to be there and be a part of it. But if the person was doing it specifically because they don't believe Vatican II is valid, then that's where you start to get this schism and this separation in the church. So I think I, what you were saying, that there's not just one, you can't just say one group, yeah. uh, because there is, there is a, there's a, a scale, I'm going to say, of people that love it just for the mass that it is. Yeah. And that's what they attend. And then there's a group of people that don't believe in the validity of either our yeah. popes or the Vatican II or whatever. And that's a little bit. Yeah. And for that first group, that this yeah. restriction can be rather jarring. Because like yeah. we say, like liturgy, if, if we want it, like uh, the sacraments matter. Yeah. And because the sacraments matter, liturgy matters. Yeah. So that like if, uh, you know, liturgy isn't just, you know, a stage production. But like we, we, we believe that liturgy actually affects an ontological reality in... You know, yeah, uh, the, the Eucharist. So, like, to say that just the form doesn't matter or um, anything like that. So, uh, for the people who you know their intent is good, yeah. that they want to participate in the historical church, that they want to offer this kind of beautiful form of the mass. Um, you know, in 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 my experience, my interest in this started. Um, you know, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. That was when I was interested in becoming Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and at the time, like, I was interested in like the Byzantine Church. I was um, yeah. uh, learning uh, this, uh, this past week, I think was the, uh, 10th anniversary of the, uh, the Anglican ordinariate. So that mm. within the Roman rite itself and right. within kind of the universal church that we consider Catholic, Catholic. there is a diversity of expression. So right. for the people who are just, you know, this is a beautiful expression of the mass, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was the only, uh, uh, Latin mass I've actually went to was before I was Catholic. And yeah. to be honest, it was one of the draws to, because the, the, the yeah. reverence and the yeah. the aesthetic and yeah. um, that you know uh, so again w- why why cut that off you know I- intent matters mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that um, but I actually have a, a friend who is a strong proponent of the Latin Mass um, who actually thinks that uh, these new restrictions may actually be a path back to um, yeah, having the Latin Mass and um, you know the ordinary. Uh, uh, form of the mass being, um, you know, mutual expressions of the same right. That hmm, this is a way of, um, you know, well, and and uh, they're they're very frustrated with this sure. contingent of traditional Catholics who are very um, kind of aggressive towards um, the current. But like, this is the liturgical equivalent of this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah. um, that, it's, that it's like you have these two groups going into. Um, uh, Pope Benedict's uh, decision that yeah. uh, you have the, the, the kind of separatists yeah. um, and you have the people who just are, are, are there for the beauty of the mass, of the liturgy. Okay, so thanks for explaining that because that's helped me to understand it a, li- a little more, right? So we're not doing it just to egg people on and say, hey, <laughs> you need to be like us. Yeah. We're doing it, uh, I guess it's, it's um, you know, there, there is a, a, a common goal here on unity and there are maybe to address certain groups who are denying the validity of, of Vatican II. Yeah. I'm that's hopeful, but I hope that in the future it will bring us uh, together, right? Um, because I, honestly, for myself, it's like, hey, this mass, what we now refer to as the extraordinary form. Remember, um, you know, I've only been to it once in my life, but uh, this is the mass that was celebrated for what? thousand years yeah. a thousand years or whatever it might be i don't know the exact number of years and then now all of a sudden the last 60 years to say that's not good so that's given some some that's shed some light on the situation yeah. uh, for me which which 
leads me to, as a priest, there, like, as a priest who celebrates the Eucharist, that's a big responsibility for me. And mm-hmm. I take that seriously. Mm-hmm. The, the church has set out a way to celebrate the, the Eucharist, to celebrate liturgy in general, whether it's a, a baptism or a funeral or a Sunday mass or mass just in general, right? Now, it pains my heart when I see abuses because mm. in, in, in one way, you, you see Pope Francis and uh, other bishops who have reacted to the motu proprio, you know, have clamped down on, on, on groups that celebrate the extraordinary form. And then you have churches um, yeah. all across the world who are doing wild and ludicrous things inside the mass. The okay. clown, clown masses, <laughs> puppet masses. But I mean, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I, I've, I've, tr- I've, I'd like to think I've traveled and been yeah. all around uh, sort of uh, the place. And I've been to many churches in many different countries and all this stuff. And, and you, maybe your experiences too. You know, you go to a mass, you attend a mass and you say, what, what the heck's <laughs> happening here? You know, is that, is that not Jesus there in the Eucharist? You know, there's no reverence shown to the Eucharist. Um, it's, it's very, sometimes it's very showy. Uh, sometimes the, the proper texts aren't used some, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's just sort of our common experience. There are the far out things like you said, clown masses, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's celebrations, liturgical dancing, yeah, yeah. Uh, all these things, <laughs> yeah. you know, but like, why aren't, why isn't there a motu proprio on these yeah. liturgical celebrations? I think, I think part of it is that, that there is there is a very specific way of doing things. And what happened, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but Vatican II came out, there was a change. And that change was very specific. And if you go into the documents and how the Mass is supposed to be celebrated, the wording in the Missal, and I, like it's very clear, even I think we talked about it during Vatican II, the, what's supposed to happen for music is very clearly laid out. What happens in music nowadays, what is yeah. actually practiced, is different. Um, but part of that is, I think, that there is an underlying... People expected big changes from Vatican II, and some changes didn't happen the way people wanted to. And so people came back and started teaching the way they felt like Vatican II should have come out. Does that make sense? So they came out, they came back and they're like, oh, well, you know when it says this, this is what they mean. And so this is how we're going to either teach it in the seminaries to the new priests coming in. So the priests coming in are being taught by these professors uh, that are priests that might have attended Vatican II Council and are getting this different idea but then they go forth and then they teach that way you know what i mean and they teach their parishioners that way and so i think you're getting like a mixed up the vatican two way you you get two different things you have people that don't accept vatican two and they're on one side of the road if you will like to to some people are on the road some people are off the road and then you have people the other way which are following the 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 um rules of vatican two or the or the liturgy of vatican two and then some people decide to take their own road off to the right. And then and so they're the ones that, like, you do have clown masters stuff. Or, like, we don't need to do any penitential, like, we talked about at the penitential rites <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. We don't need to do that during the Mass because this is all about feeling good and feeling love. And, you know, like, because that's maybe how they were taught or maybe that's what they wanted to come out of Vatican II. If you read the rules... It's, it's very laid out, black and white. Yeah. yeah. And the parts that are optional are identified as optional. As optional. So, very clearly. And, and you have these kind of far out examples from the 70s. And examples now. From today. Of yeah. People <laughs> who are just uh, like, um, you know, uh, not properly, you know, uh, consecrated uh, Eucharist and not actually taking, 
and there, there, are, there are gradations as well. Like you have the absurd examples, but you have things kind of creeping in as like, well, rather than, you know, this mass part, we're going to do um, this song or this, this kind exactly. of uh, praise yeah. and worship song that, you know, is something kind of like the psalm. And like um, yeah. music, uh, people who are doing music for mass and people who are, you know, responsible for making these decisions, you know, have to keep that in mind. Um, but it's interesting that um, when I was coming into the church, um, I had read Spirit of the Liturgy by Pope Benedict, where he kind of right. lays out, like, this is what liturgy is, and this is, like, um, but I was in a community that was taking that seriously. So, um, you know, parts That's of the cool. Mass, they used, uh, parts of the Mass were interchangeable with Latin, but it was the ordinary form of the Mass. So it exactly. was, a, like, a, a, um, taking seriously all of the kind of values put forward so that when I went to other churches, I encountered some of these kind of variations that are that I thought I was escaping, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from from my Protestant background. That it's like, okay, well, why is this going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, is that a Coldplay song or is that uh, no? Uh, yeah. but, it, <laughs> um, but it is interesting that you you kind of identify both extremes. So yeah. you have this kind of sectarian divisive tendency in a you would say traditional direction, yeah. but you yes. also have this kind of sectarian divisive tendency both sides. in you would say, a progressive whatever mm. however you want to label it. That it's almost a form of Protestantism. That yeah. it's a, a failure to recognize, you know, the, the the liturgy issued by the church in the form of, you know, the missal, um, because we want to do something else. Or, you know, it's it's kind of this uh, interesting that um, th- these groups are becoming the consumer consumer Christians, the yeah, consumer yeah, Catholics, yeah. the you know, uh, pick your own kind of preference over and above what the church. I think I think too. Like I'm, I'm talking as a priest here. You know, um, my liturgy training came from the seminary that I studied at, yeah. right? And um, I was blessed. I had some great professors, priests who 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 taught me the liturgy, right? Um, after you're ordained a priest, you know, you, you, you come have. out of the seminary. And you you have all these this this liturgy training as a priest, and you're tossed into a parish that's not doing any of those things that you yeah. that you've learned, and uh, it's frustrating. You know, it's frustrating because you you you've learned you don't you didn't just learn how to do the liturgy right as in like yeah. here's where you stand and here's what you say, but you learned why you learned why. And we pray through the liturgy. That's the most important thing is, mm-hmm. is every liturgy is meant to be a, a prayer, not a show no. or not a mm-hmm. performance, right? And I find it frustrating, you know, th- those things that you learn and you know the reasons why and, you're, and your heart's there because you've prayed about it during class or during whatever. Yeah. And, and, and then uh, as priests, you know, you're ordained 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you know, is there any more liturgical training? Mm-hmm. Is there any more, uh, you know, I think we may have got liturgical, and I don't say we, because uh, I wasn't a priest at the time, but like when you mentioned the Roman Missal came out in 2011, yeah. there was some liturgical training. You know, was it done in a prayerful way? Was it done in an explaining way? I don't know. It was more like, I think, say this, here's the words that yeah. changed. But I think we have to remember what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why this liturgy is so close to everyone's heart, right? Uh, because... You know, you would say the more traditional Catholics who enjoy the extraordinary form. It's because it's because they're realizing that this liturgy is a celebration of their faith, celebration of the Eucharist, and they want to take it seriously. They want to have it this this. Uh, they want to elevate the worship. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, 
pre- priests, you know, um, Josh always says th- that he can tell priests <laughs> who really love the Eucharist, right, <laughs> by, by the way they celebrate Mass. Yeah. And it's it's true, you know, and, and priests who do recognize um, Jesus in the Eucharist, priests who recognize what we're doing in the liturgy, we want to elevate that worship. Yeah, for sure. Right? And so to see abuses, liturgical abuses, is, is heartbreaking. And I sympathize with um, people who like the extraordinary form, who have restrictions now on them, because there's no restrictions being placed yeah. on the other on the other, <laughs> other side. side. I agree. On people who are abusing the liturgical the liturgy uh, that we have, the, like the the yeah. ordinary form. Let's part, say part of that would be I would say that it falls to the bishops yeah. to restrict that, like to go in and say because they have they. It's like here's the recipe. And people are like, well, we used to do the recipe this way. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we're going to open the door to this. And you're like, no, okay, we're going to close this door because you kind of took it too far that way. But people that are like, okay, don't have a recipe and they're just making up a new one, it's up to the bishops to say and be like, no, no, this is the recipe. It's like if, if I took anything from the Bible in a year uh, and it started over again, so if you don't have a chance, I'm going to yeah. encourage you again, do the Bible in a it. year this I year. Love it. Um, it started again with Father Mike Smith. One of the things that came over again and again and again in when we're reading through the old testament god showed the people how to worship like that was like the whole old testament and then he took away things and then he gave them back and he like he was teaching them and he gave them laws and he gave them rules and then he was trying to show them how to worship and then finally he just gave up and came down to show us exactly how to do it <laughs> but that is the church like that's the church's role on earth was to lead that worship to lead that prayer and so of course we have like god's given St. Peter and his disciples, that authority to lead the worship. And so in doing so, we have to follow what the church says in this. Like, that is God's, that is the way God intended. You know what I mean? Like, he he, he tried through the prophets, he tried through his Israelites, and then it didn't quite work. He came down, he showed us what he meant, and then he gave it to the uh, apostles and disciples so that they can interpret and and guide us further to that worship ceremony. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's, like, this continual kind of reigning in process, and you would Mm -hmm. say, like, you would hope that this is this is being done on the other side as well. Like even, sure. even the name Traditionis Custodis, like means you know the, the caretakers of the custodians yeah, of, of, of tradition. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know, and, and there's kind of an ironic title that it's directed against those who would kind of self-identify as you know the custodians. The, of yeah, tradition. the custodians <laughs> of tradition. Yeah. Oh, like uh, against you know the, the the teaching of the church. But you know, even by issuing the missal itself. They're giving that like this. This is what's expected. This is mm-hmm. um, that you know maybe on the level of enforcement. Um, you know, traditionis custodis gives you know uh, a, a mechanism for enforcing um, maybe um, uh, people who are going too far in one direction. Um, that hopefully you you would see kind of I don't a lo- corresponding document or at yeah. least sure. corresponding yeah. enforcement from bishops to say okay you're tending too far in the other direction mm-hmm. um, as well. And it's hard. It's hard for uh, bishops. Like you, you think, uh, you know, a bishop isn't in parishes every Sunday. He doesn't no. see regularly some liturgical uh, abuses that are being are being taken are are, are, are taking place. You know, so it's hard. It's it's. it's I, I know the bishops are always the one to be criticized for it, but it's coming out more now that we have COVID. We have taped masses, and we have like yeah. it's kind of hard to hide from what's online, <laughs> right? Like, and, and that's true. You have and, visit video evidence being like, no, see this part right here. This is that's not okay. True. That's well, not okay. that's we had a previous episode where you know we really focused on the form matters. We, we yeah. talked about people whose baptisms 
weren't valid. So you right. do have those kinds of actions by the CDF that and can by be the church to say that, okay, wh where we have evidence that people are not following the appropriate form, we, we need to rectify that. We need the bishops yeah. with the stones to be able to put that discipline in place and yeah. put that action in place. I think, you know, one thing is that, um, you know, we talked about after Vatican II, people tried to just sort of get with the times. Yeah. And I think we're realizing now, or at least some people yeah. are realizing now that, that that's that's not working, mm -hmm. nor should it work. No, yeah. Because yeah. what we do at Mass, what we do in the liturgy, Matters. are things of God. Yeah. And they always should be higher or set apart from the things we do. Yeah. When we worship God, we're worshiping the Creator, we're worshiping our Heavenly Father, um, you know, and those don't have to be like everything else. When you walk into a church and you celebrate the liturgy, you know, the liturgy is where heaven and earth meet. Mm -hmm. And so it should be a taste of that. Mm -hmm. And by bringing in all sorts of things from today to make people feel more comfortable, we should be moving people towards the things of heaven instead, mm -hmm. right? That's our goal as Christians. We're, we're yeah. pilgrim people uh, heading towards heaven. So, you know, whether it's right or not, these restrictions that came down on the extraordinary form, uh, whether restrictions are coming on other liturgical abuses, I think if, if people, priests, parishioners, liturgy committees, people of goodwill realize that what we do at Mass is to be pointed in towards the direction of God, to worship Him, then I think everyone can work together to make sure that we're following the prescribed text of the church yeah. right, in order to worship Him. Uh, that's all the time. Uh, I know that's, I sort of went on a rant there. <laughs> I just uh, want to point out, I don't know if you noticed, no. but here we are talking about tradition. Here we are yeah, talking yeah. about the Latin mass uh, and all these abuses. And Matt is wearing a Captain America t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's, love it's it. a nice juxtaposition. I'm, I'm participating in, in history. Participating. Yeah. In, in history. Yeah. This is an abuse of our podcast. Yeah, yeah I'm just yeah. kidding. Okay, well, if you have any comments, which I'm sure you have on this uh, topic that we've talked about, or anything we've missed, or anything uh, that you want to add, you could, could uh, send us a message at thecatholicbuzzpodcast at gmail.com, or comment right on our Facebook page or Instagram as well. You'll find us on both The Catholic Buzz there. And uh, thanks for joining us today. We'll uh, be we'll be with each other next week as we open up a new topic. My name is Father Daniele, and for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, thank you for watching the Catholic Buzz. <laughs>